On this episode of the FCPS show, we look at three games against Kuchel. Welcome to the FCPS show. Tom and Lee are back to talk all things FC Pinskau Saalfelden, Austria's fan-owned football club. And we've had a very unusual twist in the fixture list this week. It's been three games, all against the same opposition. SV Kuchel away in the league, SV Kuchel away in the quarterfinals of the cup, and then SV Kuchel again at home. So the players of the Mountainous Pine Blues must be a bit sick of the Reds of SV Kuchel. They'll uh, know each other very, very well after these three games in seven days. Lee, how have you been since our last pod a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, good. I mean, on the Austrian front, uh, obviously there's been some big news recently that um, Ralph Ranić is currently sharing uh, job sharing between um, Austria, the national team, and and uh, and Manchester United. So that's uh, quite an interesting one from an Austrian point of view. Um, so we're hope- hoping to see Ralph over in Austria. That's uh, that's caught my interest. And as well, this triple header has has been interesting as a as an FCPS fan. I feel like I've been through all the emotions this week. Um, thankfully, ending <laughs> on some positive ones. So <laughs> I guess we'll focus on that. Hopefully, mostly today. Yes, I'm so glad we can uh, come to this podcast on a positive note after that. And it's not just three defeats against Kuchel. That would be pretty depressing, wouldn't it? But yeah, you're right. That's really interesting. The Man United boss coming over to be the Austria boss and uh, sharing that as the advisor and a, a kind of, um, yeah, an advisor to Man United in his his secondary role from, from next season onwards. And Austria games coming up really soon. So Ralph Rannick will be thrown in at the uh, at the deep end with Austria. And uh, yeah, it'll be nice to see where he can take them. We've got some new Pinskau coach news for you coming up later in the podcast as well. I'm sure you know a bit about that already, but uh, we'll try and go into a little bit more detail. But for now, from the Reds of Manchester United, let's go to the Reds of SV Kuchel, the side from the Tenengau. They started off pretty well, didn't they, with a 2-1 win in the league last weekend. It seems like such a long time ago now. And I don't like this when you have to play against the same team time after time. I don't like it even on the PlayStation when you play it on a football game, let alone in real life. It's uh, it's strange that they put the fixture list like that, that you you know, in the middle, you play the, the last team and then you play them again. It's uh, a little bit strange to do it like that, I think. But nonetheless, that's how it was. So we had to go away to Kukul and unfortunately, we were defeated 2-1. It's a common theme, isn't it? We often talk about this struggle on the road in this league. And that's not necessarily a phenomenon that is exclusive to FCPS. You see it from a lot of the teams in the league. It is a very much, you're, you're the heavy favourite if you're at home. But I, I feel like perhaps FC Pinsgau is a pronounced case of that because there is such a gulf between the home form and the away form. Um, and we, you know, we're seeing that again, games where Pinsgau start well, go up a goal as, as was the case again here with, Raphael Streitwieser's very nice strike and ultimately unable to see it through. I don't know if it's a curse, a duck, whatever you want to call it, but we just can't seem to do it on the road. No, we'll talk a bit more in detail about that later. But 
it was uh, yeah, it was a good goal from Raphael Streitwieser, as you mentioned. You know, he shot it low. It sort of caught the keeper out wrong-footed. The keeper didn't even dive for it, and it rolled into the the corner of the net. Uh, it's nice to see Pinsgau scoring goals from outside the box again. That's a, a very nice habit that we've got back into, which is, uh, you know, something positive to report for sure. And I'd have to say, I, I still think Raphael Streitwieser has been one of the most uh, improved players of, of FC Pinsgau in the last few months. It, it wasn't really an improvement that I was necessarily expecting. I wouldn't necessarily have picked him out as, as the person who was going to be the most improved. But is he just improving because he's getting more minutes or is he getting more minutes because he's improved? What do you think? It's a tough one. He's still very young, so perhaps he was just taking some time to find his feet. Um, but I really like his dynamism in the middle of midfield. Like you really, I really feel like he injects quite a lot of momentum into the game. I like his passing. I like his shots when he keeps the shots down. There have been a few this week that have gone <laughs> twice the height of the goal as well. Um, but you're right, that was a really nice strike. And it's been really nice to see him come in and sort of establish himself and you know, of course, Lucas Moosman has been out injured, so that and and David Rathgeb was away for such a long time, so perhaps that opens a little bit of a gap for him uh, to fill. But he's he's filled it very well. You're right about the high shots, Lee. Have you noticed that? That's a direct correlation. You can see that the confidence in the players when they score from outside the box, you'll see plenty of shots from outside the box in the next few weeks. So <laughs> I've got nothing against that, though. I think it's it's worth a go. I like to see that. Obviously, if there's a better option, then great. But um, I've got nothing against having a go from outside the box. Streitwieser did it. He scored. It's still um, Arnold Benedek that I'm waiting for because he shoots from outside the box all the time and he quite often hits the target, but he's yet to uh, yet to get one in the back of the net, unfortunately. Um, but yes, a positive start away at Kuchel. We knew it was going to be a difficult task. They were right behind us in the league. One of the, the better looking teams in the league in the sense that, you know, you know when you go to Tenengal, it's going to be really tough to come away with a win. They are actually quite similar to FC Pinsgau in that their home form is brilliant. They're, they're virtually unbeatable. I think they've only lost to Anif this season at home, and that was a 1-0 loss, and that was all the way back in August 2021. And uh, since then, they're unbeaten at home, um, and they're struggling on the road. But it was us who struggled on the road for this one. You know, unfortunately, two out of these three games that we played were away, and uh, Kuchel got themselves back into the game, and it was it was quite a simple goal, wasn't it, really? We, we let them back in with a bit of a tap-in. Yeah, this was the the through ball that you know the 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 Kukul player goes racing down the left, and Kilian, who was I feel a bit Manuel Neuer esque in his runs off the line um, in in twenty twenty one in the in the regular season, was always getting to the the ball just before the player. I feel there have been a few mistimed, misjudged runs. Perhaps he's not quite as sharp or on his game at the moment, but he didn't quite get there. And as such, the ball was played across the face of goal. Um, and it was, it was just a, t- a tap in into an open net. Yeah, it's a really tough one, that, isn't it? It's a very high risk strategy. Uh, when you get it right, you look like a genius. And he did that so many times in 2021. Looked so brilliant uh, fr- from, you know, with his feet outside the box. But if you do come forward and leave your goal and you don't get there first, you know, it has to be perfect every time. And that's the problem, isn't it? It's, it's realistically... A, a small mistake, essentially, that else, elsewhere on the field, it doesn't immediately lead to a goal or a problem. Uh, but with Kilian Schröcker, he's unfortunately in that position where a tiny mistake is, is pretty much going to be punished straight away. And and so it was. And uh, I thought we talked about long shots just a minute ago. I thought Pinskow, unfortunately, were kind of restricted to long shots for large periods of the game after that, even though we were still on the scoreboard, at least we were still well in it at one all. 
Yeah, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about the the reverse fixture in the league, the return one rather, um, today, the win, um, where I felt that we were just carving them open at will. But in this game, it seemed arduous or muzam as the Germans or the the Austrians like to say. Uh, there wasn't really much of a breakthrough, much penetration. And so we've often talked this season about chance conversion being poor, but there just weren't really the chances in the first place in, in this game. No, we were outplayed, it's fair to say. So it wasn't really a big surprise when Kuchel took the lead. A chipped cross from the right-hand side was uh, tucked in on the sort of side-footed, uh, cushioned volley to put Kuchel 2-1 in front. And uh, they never looked back. So anything we could have done about that goal or, or anything else that popped up in the rest of that game? It's hard. You know, the, gold, the golden rule of football is always to to, to get on side and, and get in front of your marker. But... Unfortunately, at the back post, I think it was Hubel, was it? The uh, bit of a bit of a nemesis for FC Pinsgau now. He always seems to score against us, the the top scorer for Kukul. Um, and he was just very quick. So it was a really a, a, a delivery into the danger zone. And at that point, you know, you've just got to get in front of your man. And unfortunately, we didn't manage to do that. So um, I think they were well worthy of the win. You have to hold your hands up and say that they, they deserved it. And yeah, leapfrogged us temporarily into second spot in the league as well. They did indeed. Um, it was a nice finish, like you said, steaming in at the back post with a bit of momentum. Still had to keep the shot down. The closest we went to an equaliser was through Jonas Schweighofer, who's been in and out with injuries over the last few weeks. Um, there's plenty of injuries to talk about, actually, because Pinskar have really struggled uh, for solidarity in terms of their starting eleven in the last few weeks. Quite a lot of changes uh, necessitated by uh, João Pedro, Alessandro Ziga, these guys and Schweighofer as well. They've been sort of on the verge of fitness a lot for the last few games, and we don't know whether they're going to play or or they're going to start, or they're going to be on the bench. Um, so it's difficult for them to, to sort of gather any momentum, and it's difficult for the starting eleven to have any regularity. But Jonas did uh, his his classic kind of reverse iron Robin in that game and got the ball, ran towards the edge of the area, cut back onto his right foot and launched a shot low at the bottom corner. But unfortunately, that one was held. And uh, he has scored that goal or a similar goal several times this season. It didn't go in this time and we were beaten. And the sour note to finish it was that Kilian Schrucker was sent off in the dying stages. And I just wonder, you know, it's another moment where he's come out of the goal and it's another one where he's mistimed it slightly and he's not got there first. And the Kukul player has tapped it past him. But I know, you know, you don't have the benefit of, of, of hindsight, but you're 2-1 down. It's in the 90th minute. He sort of moved his body over to the right to block off the, the attacker and was sent off for it. Um, the striker probably wouldn't have got there anyway, unfortunately. Looking at the replay, I'm not sure the striker would have been able to get there before as there were some defenders back and the ball probably would have just drifted out for a goal kick. So it's a bit of a bitter pill to swallow at the end of that game, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the benefit of hindsight is a beautiful thing. And when you're in the heat of the moment, his is his instinct that kicks in and he wants to, to stop that. And, you know, there's still minutes left and there's a chance of an equaliser. So I understand why he's done it. It comes back to what we were saying before about the position he's in on the pitch. If he makes a mistake, it's likely to have greater consequences. Earlier in the game, it was a goal. And if you make a mistake like that, um, you know, at the back and you're the last man, then the consequence can also be a red card. So it's a, it is a high-risk strategy, as you said. And I think we've seen every element of it not coming off in this game. 
Yeah, unfortunately. I think the really disappointing thing was that that red card did end up ruling Kilian Schröcker out for the cup game a couple of days later, which was obviously a very important game in the season in the context of what Pinsgau have left to play for. That was arguably the biggest game of the season for now. And uh, to see... Kilian get that red card and he actually didn't know whether that red card would have ruled him out for the cup game or not so that's uh, says a lot about the Salzburg Football Federation and how clear they are with their their rules and their, their adjudications the clubs don't even know these things which is uh, a little bit crazy I think and uh, doesn't speak of the greatest organization but you can't say that uh, Kilian was um, thinking about that when he made the challenge because he didn't even know it would rule him out of the cup game but unfortunately it did yeah, I mean, let's try and focus on the positives and one being that Gabor Sabo, our veteran Hungarian backup goalkeeper, finally got a chance to play right at the, the death in, in the league game and then for the cup game as well. Um, you know, it's nice to see him finally get a taste of the action because he's been a permanent fixture on the bench, um, 36 years old and, and made his debut for FC Pinsgau. So take what positives we can from that. <laughs> Yes, it was very good to see Gabo Shabo get on the pitch. You're right. Um, so how did his debut, his starting debut go then? A couple of days later, obviously, we're into the SFV Stiegel Landers Cup quarterfinal. Uh, unfortunately, it was a tough draw and all we wanted was a home draw. But for some reason, when the draw came out at the end of last year, we were drawn that every single round of the cup we were going to be away all the way through. If we made it to the final, every single one would have been away from home. So we know, given the fact that Pinsgau have won one home game, sorry, one away game all season, it was uh, it's going to be incredibly difficult for us to get through. And so it proved, unfortunately, as Kuchel tormented us again with uh, a second victory in a matter of a couple of days, 3-1 in the cup. Yeah, that man, Christopher Hubel again, uh, proving to be our, our downfall. But I felt like this was a more comprehensive victory than the League One. Um, I think there was a little bit more disappointment in the League One because obviously when you go ahead in the game, you start to think, well, you know, anything that, that happens now, you know, we're in a leading position. Let's not give this away. In the cup game, I felt that it was a little bit different. Our goal was quite fortunate in general, um, you know, a, a bit of a scramble and, and Tandy managed to, to poke it home. But in this game, I felt that they were just well worthy of the win. And I was a little bit, disappointed I would say this is probably one of the more disappointing performances of the season and it came in a, a game that was really important because it's a chance to win a trophy we've never won before and one which you know albeit away from home this run to the final um, represented the best opportunity of silverware and Kukul were the toughest opponents so had we gotten past them I would have you know felt quite confident or quite hopeful at least about the chances so I think for me from my fan owner point of view it was a it was a disappointing one yeah I was very disappointed with this one as well you're right I was eyeing up that cup for sure it's really exciting playing over 90 minutes it was really disappointing that we couldn't get a stream of the game either and we couldn't watch the game and yeah to go out of the cup as you say it's a late stage you know a place in the semi-final at stake and knowing that if we were in those semi-finals although another away tie awaited there was a really good chance of getting some silverware there so that stings a bit but we went 1-0 down in a similar fashion to the way we'd conceded the first goal in the league game really it was just a, a mirror image really wasn't it it was a ball down the right and Gabo Chabot came out to get it and again just a little bit too slow and this time the Kukul forward managed it managed to uh, just tap it around the goalkeeper and, and finish off well from the angle to to give Kuchel a lead that they never ended up relinquishing. Yes, um, I think, you know, you have to save in, in the case of Gabo Shabo that he, you know, he doesn't play very much at all. So that match sharpness is obviously not going to be there. 
Uh, I think it would be quite harsh of me to to criticise him for that. But obviously, he was a little bit slow, didn't quite get his his footing right, it seemed, at the end there. And um, yeah, once that goal went in, I just didn't have a good feeling about this game, to be honest. I, I felt like, the, you know, the league game, we'd already lost the league game. We'd gone 1-0 down in the cup game. And um, so I was to be proven right, unfortunately. Yeah, as you say, match fitness are a very important thing. Did you see Inter Milan this week as well? You know, their keeper was uh, was out for a game against Bologna and their reserve keeper came in or their second keeper came in and, uh, you know, made a crucial mistake late on in the game. Just a, a momentary lapse of concentration, just half a second, that's all it is. Didn't get his footing right that time, didn't control the ball. And uh, it was a goal for Bologna, which probably is going to cost Inter Milan the the title in Italy. So, you know, mistakes can happen with bigger consequences. But you're right, the kind of uh, the freshness of a goalkeeper with with match pra- practice and just having that sharpness of being tuned into the the pace of a of a competitive game rather than just a training match or a, you know a training session, it is a big difference. So. Um, we can definitely cut Gabo Shabo some credit or some slack there because it's not the easiest. And the second goal from the Kukul perspective, maybe an element of fortune. It was a long curling cross in from the left-hand side and it just seemed to drift inside the far post and was really very, very difficult to defend for, for the defenders, for the goalkeeper, difficult to attack for the strikers. And just luckily for Kukul, it, it bounced all the way through and in. Yeah, those seem to be the kind of goals that other teams score against FCPS, but FCPS don't really score too much <laughs> against other teams. Like, I feel like we have to work really hard for our goals or produce something really nice or sublime. And uh, other teams seem to swing the ball into the danger zone and often seem to to reap the benefits of that. Um, so those goals I find maddeningly uh, frustrating. <laughs> Um, but there's not much you can do about them. And, and once it was two, I, I was a little bit resigned. I thought, you know, I mean, the, the boys did manage to get my hopes back up by pulling one back pretty soon afterwards. And then, you know, you're back in it. The, the jitters come back, but it was always going to be a big ask, really. Yeah, from two down, having only won one game away all season long, it was very, very much uh, an uphill struggle then. Schweikoff a cutback, had a nice shot from the right-hand side of the penalty area. It took a little deflection on its way through and crucially that stopped it going into the arms of the goalkeeper and allowed Tamas Tandari to use his predatory instincts and just nick in there before the keeper, tap it around the keeper, got it out of his feet and uh, slotted it in for 2-1. But it was to be a false dawn, unfortunately. Um, a bit of controversy about goal number three for Kukul, though, because uh, Gabo Shabo, the goalkeeper, was down on the ground after a heavy clattering from the striker who then got back up and uh, and nodded in to an open net. I know everyone on the, the Pinsgau bench was pretty furious about that. Yeah, I mean, I I think the blame here lies with the match officials and not with the striker. You're, you're told from a very young age in football, you play to the whistle. And if the ball comes back in, then he's got to put the ball in the net and then find out whether it's, you know, ruled out afterwards. The fact that it wasn't, I thought a little bit strange. Um, you know, Sabo's literally lying prostrate on the floor um, and play was allowed to continue. There was no real, like, realisation or knowledge on the referee's part about how serious this injury was. And it just seemed a little bit bizarre to let play continue. But once he had let play continue, it's a little bit difficult to then disallow the goal once it goes in. So um, I I lay the, the blame squarely at the feet of the official for that one. 
Yeah, really tough one for Pinskow. It was I don't blame the striker either for even going for the ball in the first place, but he came in with a two-footed challenge and just clattered Gabo Shabo as they both uh, competed for the ball in the six-yard box. It then drifted across the six-yard box and uh, the, the cross was followed up. Credit to Kukul, as you say, for playing to the whistle. They followed it up and, and headed it in. But um, yeah, it was a very heavy challenge and it was, it was two-footed. It was a, a big 50-50 collision that would likely be a free kick anywhere on the pitch. And I often complain about keepers getting too much protection, but I think on that occasion, within his own six-yard box as well, there is a, a difference you know, made whether a keeper's come out of his own six-yard box where contact is more or less inevitable at times to being in your own six-yard box where it's sort of the onus on the striker to to not clatter into the goalkeeper. Um, it was it was pretty uh, hard luck for Pinsgau, but it would be wrong of us to say that that changed the game in Kufel's favour. And again, a bitter ending because we got another red card. Mulbacher uh, stopping a player running through at 3-1 down in the 90th minute in the cup it's a little bit unnecessary for me to get a second yellow card there. You, you don't need it. Yeah, I mean, that, to, to my mind, looks like uh, frustration just coming through there. Um, and ultimately, he wasn't able to make the game he was suspended for due to his professional activities. So it, it wasn't to prove too costly in that respect. But yeah, obviously, in terms of discipline, you don't want little um, breaches of discipline sort of creeping into the game uh, going forward because that can prove costly if you get an early red card. Fortunately, those two red cards are both right in the closing stages of games, right in the final seconds. But obviously, it can change the balance of a game when you get one earlier. So want to nip that in the bud. Well, it certainly doesn't make Christian Ziga's task any easier either, though, because, you know, we've talked about Ziga being injured, Alessandro Ziga, that is, João Pedro, Hassan Ibrahimi's injured, um, Schweikoff has been injured. And then, you know, red cards for Kilian Schröcker, uh, Nicholas Mulbacher, Alessandro Ziga's got one recently, Felix Ajay's got one recently. There's a lot of red cards now creeping into the game for Pinskow. And I think there is a bit of frustration at how the season has been going in spring. Um, and we've got to make sure that that doesn't affect us in that way, because when you've got a few injury problems or niggles with the players, the last thing you need is, is an extra player not available due to, you know, due to suspension. And you mentioned about Nicholas Mulbacher was unavailable for the third game against Kukul for professional reasons. But I, I'm not sure I would have uh, publicly said that, to be honest, because I'm not sure if that means that his suspension counts or not. I would have just like said, oh, no, we can't name him in the match day squad because of the red card. So <laughs> I don't know if, you know, if, uh, if you say like, well, I'm away anyway, then he might have to sit out another game. I'm not sure. Nah, no, no. The rules are the next game. The rules are the rules. Yeah. Fair enough. Maybe he did the job because he was uh, suspended. Who knows? Um, anyway, I said it's not making life any easier for Christian Zieger. There was big news about Christian Zieger this week because in the summer, he is stepping back in a sense to focus more on his duty as the sporting director of FC Pinskar Southelden, where he'll oversee a lot of the way that we uh, develop players from the young players that we've got, the women's team as well, and all the way through to the first team at Pinskar. Um, he's stepping back to focus on that role and somebody else is coming in to be the coach. And uh, no sooner did we hear about this being announced, did we know that Alexander Schriebel would be that man to step in from summer onwards as the new coach. What are your thoughts on this development? Well, when I first heard the name Alexander Schriebel, I thought to myself, I remember writing that in a preview way back when. And I had to actually <laughs> do a little bit of research online and, of course, saw that he was last the Sikirchen manager um, in the Regionalliga Salzburg. He's since had a, a little short spell with SV Horn in the uh, second tier. So he's he's familiar with the terrain. And I think that that's what we would have required from any new coach coming in in, in Christian's place. 
to be familiar with the league, to know it inside out, to know how to get results. Because I feel that Pinsgau have got the talent in that squad, uh, player for player, probably better than most other teams in the league. Um, perhaps Austria Salzburg uh, might be on a par, but very talented individuals and they need to learn how to get results, to kill games, to take chances. And I'm hoping that this guy with a, a wealth of regional Liga Salzburg experience, including spells, I think, at Anif and Vals Grunau, will be able to to sort of steer us in the right direction in that sense. Yes, as you say, that's the, the key feature with Alexander Schriebel is he's a guy who knows the Regional Liga Salzburg inside and out. So hopefully that will give us a bit of nous, a bit of, uh, you know, match yeah, experience. A bit of, I don't know. Experience is not the right word. Obviously, Christian Zika management. has incredible experience. But yeah, game management, exactly, to, to get over the line. And I'm excited about what Christian Zieger can do with full focus. You know, it's so difficult to, to operate on so many levels and try and sort of spin plates all over a football club. And so with him concentrating really on, you know, bringing in players, bringing in the right players, uh, identifying talent that is going to be right for us to bring in. And, you know, I've always felt that as a coach, he's not necessarily just focused on the 90 minutes. He knows we're playing in the regional league. He's looking at developing the players. And that, in a sense, is a problem because in a way you do need to look at, of course, you do need to look at the 90 minutes too. And it's very noble having the ambitions to, to sort of try and develop the club. But I think I'm, I was at the point feeling where this is this is the right move. I think it's the right move for Christian Zieger. It's the right move for the club. And uh, yeah, good luck to Alexander Schriebel. And we're excited to see what he can do from the summer onwards, for sure. Yeah, very much so. And I'd just add as well that in the modern football world, pretty much whichever country you look in now, including England, which has long been famed for having the manager who does everything at the club, like that doesn't really apply in modern football. You see... Uh, a, a general division of powers to a, a sporting director and and a coach as well. So I think that it is in keeping with modern football that um, there is a person that can focus on each of those roles separately. So I'm quite happy to see that. Can't wait for that. Let's head back to the regional league then. It was our home game this time, the third of three against Esval Kukul. This time we were at the Southelden Arena and this time... Finally, praise be, we got the win, a 3-1 victory. We thoroughly deserved it. And I don't understand, Lee, I don't understand. We make some of these teams look unplayable when we go away to their places. Kukul hadn't won in four games before they played us. Kukul had only won one game in 2022, actually, before they played us. And then they beat us twice, easily, at home. And I just wonder why that is. How do we make it look that these teams are so good? Actually, Sikirchen haven't been on the best run of form either, but they were up near the top of the table. And when we played them away at their place, you sort of felt that they were favourites. We, we've got a habit of making other teams look really, really good. But then this was just proof that, that we can do it still. So that's almost more, for, it's just as frustrating. You know, we, we completely outclassed Kukul in the, in the third game. Yeah, watching the first 20 or 30 minutes and seeing the total dominance and the like there was such a golfing class between the two teams today. For me, the yeah, like you, the overriding emotion was one of frustration because I was thinking if we'd played like this away from home, we might still be in the cup. Fortunately, it doesn't really seem to have cost us the, the league loss in Kuku because we made up for that by winning. And we'll talk a little bit later about results elsewhere. So it hasn't really impacted us too much in the league but in the cup that was frustrating for me to think we can play this well we can move the ball about we can get in behind them we can create chances we can look really dangerous uh, all the play was going in one direction especially in the first half um, and so I, I was a little bit peeved that we hadn't managed to do that in the week as well 
yeah, definitely. Uh, that's the only downside, really, to what was a fantastic game against Kuchel, the, the third of three on the weekend. Um, so many chances created. And Semi Vozchar with the header in the first five minutes that flashed across the face of goal. He put it wide and it was to be a long running theme for Semi Vozchar. I felt for him out there because he went on some amazing runs, some brilliant skills. He was in the box. He was on the end of things. He did everything you'd ask a striker to do. And he doesn't get that much game time. He's been injured a lot this season. He came in. He was basically in the right place at the right time, always, but just couldn't finish it. He probably had, like, really literally had about five or six guilt edge chances and didn't put any of them away. So uh, sometimes he was denied by an offside flag. Every time he put the ball in the net, he was denied by an offside flag. Every time there was no offside flag, he missed, unfortunately. Yeah, perhaps that comes back to the match sharpness thing as well, because we have seen a lot of rotation in the team. There were four changes compared to the cup, and that's a lot. Uh, that, you know, he's not really had that much action and he's not scored for quite some time. I think I remember you saying on on commentary duty. So perhaps he just needs a run of games and I'm sure the goals will come. But some really impressive runs and skills like m- controlling the ball in really tight areas and going plus lots of players at once. And of course, he did claim an assist as well. So, you know, as, as a team contributor, he he played an important role. Yeah, good to point that out. This is the best performance I've seen from Samuel Vosjad this season, for sure. It was appearance number 13, unlucky for some, um, but most of those 12 that he'd had before had been, you know, bit parts, just a few minutes off the bench, given his injuries and stuff. So, yeah, good to see. This was a very positive game for him in, in many ways. He'll be disappointed after the game, but uh, actually there's a lot of positives. You know, he got 90 minutes under his belt, basically, and, and you know, he'll be absolutely hungrier than ever to get on the score sheet in the next few games. And we could do with that. You know, that's uh, that's what we want. We want our players to be hungry. And his uh, failure to score certainly did not cost us because we had three goals from Ghana. Felix Ajay with the first one from a corner. This has happened for us and against us now on a few occasions. Corner whipped into the mixer. It hits off somebody who doesn't manage to clear it or control it. And the loose ball for a change fell to a Pinscow player. And uh, it was Felix Ajay. And he smashed it home perfectly into the top corner. Just what you want to see from a loose ball. Yeah, I wonder how the Regionalliga Salzburg compares just to the rest of world football in terms of proportion of goals scored from corner kicks, because it does seem absurdly (laughs) high. I'm always semi-expecting a goal when a corner kick comes in. Uh, But when the ball falls to Felix's left foot, we've seen him do it from about 40 metres out, so he's not going to miss from four. Uh, It was quite an emphatic finish, and... Yeah, I mean, at that point, you're always wondering, you know, will will they turn it around? That's we've seen that so often this season, but it was they built on that, and it was just dominance thereafter. Yeah, I think that might be one of the very best things about the performance was that the level was high and it stayed high for the ninety minutes. Um, we'll talk about it in a bit, but even when Kuchel got a goal back, Pinskow were not shaky. They never ever looked like relinquishing that. That in itself is another matter because you don't have to look like you're going to relinquish a lead to do it in this league. You can score out of nowhere and you can score twice out of nowhere. It does happen and it usually happens to, to the other teams, it feels. I think that might just be my, be my bias. But um, luckily, we didn't have to worry about it. And we got an absolute worldie from Godswell Vaggie who thundered one in on the half volley from from a long way out. That was That was one of the best goals for a while, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's probably right up there with... Um the Jatta and Ajay goals against both against Anif, I think they were like that. I'd probably place that in my top three during our wonderful time with the club. Uh, I'd probably place that in my top three goals that I've seen. It was really unexpected and a bit of a jaw dropper as well. And it's nice to see because he works so hard for the team. He, you know, he's always making runs, tracking back. I really like his work ethic. and I really like his technical ability. So I was very happy to see him uh, put that in. 
yeah, it was really a, a special goal, a lovely goal. Talking about top three goals, I just remembered a really underrated one from about two years ago. I think it was a Dominic Kirchner free kick that hit the bar, and you hear the whole Southeldon Arena is, uh, you know, they, they groan the, in the fact that this brilliant free kick, the, the dead ball has struck the bar, and it bounced up, and it bounced up really high, and then it came back down just outside the D, and just as the defence were all watching it go up in the air, everyone's everyone's uh, heads sort of track the arc of the ball as it goes off the bar and up, and then it comes back down. And somehow Nicholas Seiler hit it on the volley. I think it was Nicholas Seiler who hit it on the volley just before it hit the ground and buried it in the bottom corner. That was that's probably in my top three favourites. <laughs> but this that, was a very very good one. It's, it's, it was a very nice goal, but it, it was it was a low and bobbly one, and they're somehow not as aesthetically pleasing as those that go like higher up into the goal. Just, just my right. two cents on that. This was fairly low, though, wasn't it? From from God's will, Fadger. He hit it well, but it wasn't like top corner. It was like middle. It was swerving. Yeah, recency bias, Tom. Recency bias. <laughs> no, I like this one a lot. Anyway, no, no complaints. So inside half an hour, we were two nil up, fully deserved. Um, I, w- I won't say we let them back into the game, but uh, in the second half, at the beginning or halfway through the second half. Uh, Savage, the youngster, managed to get on the back, uh, in, in at the back post and, and stick it away for 2-1. I was pretty worried then. It was a great delivery towards the back post, but did the defence perhaps switch off a little bit there? They went for the short corner this time, which I was thinking, ha, don't they know that Pinscale struggle when you put it straight into the mixer? But, you know, they outfoxed me. That's what a good coach does. And Philip Book had me, had my number there because uh, they... Well, he probably had the Pinscales defence's number as well because uh, we were all expecting the ball into the box and then nobody was ready for the short ball and then the cross and the finish at the back post. Yeah, I feel like Zunulsieger, uh, as they call them in German, like wins where you also keep a clean sheet are quite rare. Like most of the games we lose, we also score in. So to think that that Kuku were not going to score at any point or threaten at any point would probably be hoping for a little too much. And I, I thought that, yeah, probably was a little bit of switching off but I think that was probably the only accusation you could level at the team yeah that momentary lapse in concentration otherwise they were solid throughout I think so and like I said you know we created so many chances that was constant that was not in a good period or a bad period or whatever that was constant throughout the game we always looked dangerous when we went forward and that for me is a very positive sign um, I hope we can learn a lot from that and sort of keep some of those levels up and Kuchel we restricted them to almost nothing it was a very well taken goal and it needed a perfect ball in um, to get that one goal but really other than that they didn't have anything and I don't think they ever threatened to level it at 2-2 you know you'd been worried you'd have been worried going into the closing stages if the, if we were 2-1 up because all it takes is is one freak goal and you're back at 2-2 in a game that just never deserved to be 2-2. So I was glad that Pinscal did not just rest at 2-1 and 10 minutes later, a really nice move down the left-hand side, a good pass into the box and Godswill Vajay slotted it under the goalkeeper. Uh, a very, very uh, confident finish as well for 3-1. Yeah, again, you, we saw it with his right foot in the first half and with his left foot uh, in the second half. Um, a nice low finish and a nice tee up from Semir. And of course, um, that really put my mind at rest as a fan that you know we were going to see it through at that point when that one went in the the touch that he made just before striking the ball as well kind of I mean this is quite a lofty comparison but kind of reminded me of Aguero's title winning goal for Man City where he first touched the ball into into space into openness where he could have shot but he instead he made space for himself with a touch and then fired it in so I was a big fan of that goal makes it much harder for a keeper as well if you do a quick 
anything, even just a small touch, just a quick touch and then shoot, you can't set yourself as a keeper because you're, you know, you expect the first one might be the shot. So you're sort of as ready as you can be for that and hope it goes somewhere you can reach but if you do a second a little touch and then a quick shot it really makes you know it probably ups the difficulty percentage for the keeper by just a couple and that you know that can make all the difference so yeah it was a well-taken goal by a striker who looks in in great form and that you know I think I think we all knew that Pinscow were going to win it at that point 3-1 75 minutes on the clock we never looked worried at all after that very comfortable for the rest of the game no real chances to uh you know no no real huge chances to increase the lead but really Pinscow very very comfortable and that just brings me back to a little bit of this frustration that Kuchel was so unplayable <laughs> when we were away in Tenengal and Seekirchen as well we've we make them look unplayable I think when we go away to Seekirchen you sort of know that we're going to lose at the moment and it's disappointing because you look at the league table uh, Seekirchen had a double header against Bischofshofen who are second bottom in the table and they only took one point off them over the two games. And that has helped us out massively because the table is now Sekirchen 28, Pinsgau 26, Kuchel 25. So we're two points off the top with a game against Sekirchen still to come. And in the eight games that everybody's played now, everyone's played each other, I believe, since the break. Um, and Pinsgau have won three of those. And hardly anybody's done better than that, actually. Only SRK have won more than that. Um, and see Kirchen, who are who are top of the table at the moment, have won more than that. But uh, you know, Kuchel have only won one of their last eight games, and uh, you know, see Kirchen have only won once since they beat FC Pinskow. So most of their good form came in that uh, good run just before the game against Pinskow uh, quite a few weeks ago now. So nobody's really putting together a good run, Pinskow included, and that's why it's very very close at the top of the table. Yeah. Perhaps this is the good time to bring in Zafar Khan, fan owner's uh, question, which is why are we struggling so much away from from home? And and like you say, Tom, it is like it is a league phenomenon essentially. And I'm trying to rack my brains and think about why that could be because it's really pronounced in this league. You're so much likelier to win at home, so much likelier to lose away. And I'm wondering if it's because for most of the league, it's semi-professional. So everybody is combining it with jobs. They're very busy and they're fitting the football in around that. And so perhaps the journeys and the travel time just take their toll with people that are already working in full-time jobs. These are not pros who are having like afternoons off at a time. Perhaps they are just tired. Um, and, and but, but beyond that, I'm struggling to really put my finger on why there is such a difference. And I think that any team that can start to put a semi-decent run away from home together is in contention for promotion next season because they would be the anomaly in the league. Yeah, you, you're not wrong at all. And you're right when you say semi-decent as well. You know, I like your explanation for it. I can't offer any more than that because it is so strong. It's so pronounced, this away dip for almost, well, for everybody, that Pinsgau with their, you know, one win away from home is it's pathetic, to be honest. It's terrible, you know, at this stage of the season. It's awful. You'd look at that in any other league and you think that's a team, you know, that's, that's, you've got to be near the bottom of the league, have you, if you've only won one game away from home. But in the away table, Pinsco are near the top. You know, Pinsco have done just as well as anybody away from home. So it is just absolute madness in, in this league. It's, it's quite crazy. And this week gave us a brilliant example of that two unplayable Kukul games and then we absolutely outclass them with with consummate ease at the Saalfelden Arena it's just it's it's a Bermuda Triangle mystery in the Regional League Salzburg for me I, I honestly don't get it because it's everyone it's, it's everyone Zafar Khan thanks for the question I can't explain it any more than Lee's done because I, I just don't get it it maddens me it frustrates me and, and I'm, I don't understand it <laughs> 
slightly uh, on a more positive note, we are up against uh, Vals Grunel next, who have been pretty um, terrible this spring. We obviously couldn't play them in our first game back, the home game, which was awarded as a 3-0 win to us because um, they, I think, unilaterally called off that game. So this is as good a chance as any going away to the bottom team in the league to get, who we also have quite a good record against, to get finally a second away win of the season, a good six or seven months after the first. So I see this as an opportunity. Uh, actually, it's a home game. It's a home game against oh. uh, Valsgrenau. It's the away game that was uh, that was cancelled. Ah, excellent. So even better well, opportunity I mean, to get three points, hopefully. Even more confident. I was going to spin <laughs> that as, you know, like we could get another away win here, but I'll, I'll take the home game for sure. Yeah, no, me too. Um, just looking quickly through, I mentioned the eight games. So Sikirchen have got four wins in those eight games, but none for, only one for, for a while. Well, none for a while, actually. So Sikirchen, four from eight, but none for quite a while. Esakar are the form team with four from eight. That's uh, put them nicely in contention in the midfield. You know, they've they've moved up from the bottom to the midfield with four wins in their eight, which, you know, four wins out of eight is not that great, is it really? But um, Pinskow have got three wins out of eight. So that's not too bad. Kuchel have only got one win in eight. And uh, Valskrenau are the only team in the table who've only got, uh, who've got no wins in their eight games since the spring restart. So, Yes, Pinskow will definitely be favourites. That's not always the role that we enjoy, but we will be at the Southfeldon Arena and that usually is a role that we enjoy. So we're definitely looking forward to that game next weekend. Uh, join us again on the stream. Uh, I'm glad that it worked out a lot better this time. Sorry for some technical issues in the second half of the last game against Kukul, uh, which was the only one of the three that we were able to stream with cameras. Uh, it's it's quite it's flimsy, shall we say, the internet. You need good weather, you need good luck, and you need... Yes, the, the streaming gods to be on our side. Uh, everything has to be absolutely perfect for, for my commentary to work. But at least I think most of the game, uh, almost all of the game there against Kukul was, was viewable in, in reasonable quality, I believe. So that was at least a step forward. And we'll hope for more of the same against Val now next weekend. And we hope more of you can join us because it was absolutely fantastic to have you with us on the stream again. I know several people around the world were uh, were watching and commenting and enjoying it. So, you know, it's, it's great to have you with us and we'll hope to get another three points from the mountainous pine blues next weekend this has been the fcps show it's recorded produced and edited in vienna austria for FC Pinskau Saalfelden. And if you're interested to find out more about Europe's unique fan-owned club model, then why don't you head on over to wefunder.com forward slash fan.owned.club and find out everything that you need to know about this incredible opportunity to become a part owner of a European soccer club.